Welcome to another episode of the Pastor's Inbox on the Man of a Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. We're taking up a third question that was submitted originally as one of many in long form by one uh, listener of the show. So we would encourage you to go back and listen to the previous two episodes, which were also uh, talking about things related to the questions that were submitted by one listener. And this is the third of those uh, questions or episodes from that original script. And the subject for this question uh, is related to baptism. And here's the question. Is it appropriate for a church to baptize but not permit into membership? What is the relation between baptism and church membership? So, brothers, what what do you have to give by way of response to these questions? Well, let me look at that uh, the second part of the question first, uh, brothers. What is the relation between baptism and church membership? And I want to say at the very uh, outset, that there's room for difference of opinion on the subject. And I allow for different opinions on the subject. I don't necessarily think that, uh, as you've stated in an earlier episode, Brother Alston, we may not have all the answers. Uh, I do not have all of the answers. In fact, I, I don't even think that our eldership is in total agreement on, on this subject. And, uh, and that's, that's okay. <clears throat> because none of us are to just be uh, yes men and elders are not to be uh, one, a clone of any other. I, I will say this. I don't personally see conclusive evidence. And notice the way I word that. I don't see conclusive evidence in scripture or do I see it in our confession of faith that one who is baptized is by that action automatically brought into the local church. I'm answering the second part of the question. What is the relation between baptism and church membership? Does one have to be baptized before they become a church member or does the actual act of baptism put them into the local church? Uh, and as I've said, there, there can be uh, differences of opinion on that. Can I just state this? It, it appears to me that some persons were likely baptized in the New Testament when there was no church immediately available for them to be baptized into me membership. Therefore, they would have been baptized, but not yet permitted into membership as I see it. Uh, the Ethiopian eunuch is probably was probably not baptized, in my opinion, into a specific local church. And in Paul's missionary travels, often converts were made, converts were baptized when there wasn't yet a church uh, in existence in the place where those converts were made and baptized. Now we can assume that the eunuch became a member of the church of Jerusalem, but I just don't know that we can prove that. We can assume that Paul baptized people into membership in his uh, sending church at Antioch, but I don't think we can conclusively prove that from scripture. And I make all allowances to my dear brethren who are wiser than I am, who may hold a different opinion. I'm just saying for myself, I find it difficult to be dogmatic in saying that baptism is always into church membership. 
And that means then that I would think it's sometimes allowable and to answer the first part of the question, sometimes appropriate to be baptized or to baptize someone who is not yet permitted into membership. Of course, we want them to come into membership. Um, I'm just not certain that they became members by virtue of the action of baptism. You know, as I said, I don't think our confession of faith uh, specifies this or addresses this question. Um, I'm willing and open to be shown that I'm wrong. You know, I think of the confession of faith, uh, the 1689 LBC is very deliberate, not only in what it says, but I think it's deliberate sometimes in what it leaves out and what it does not say. And the fact that the question is not addressed in the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith uh, to me indicates that there probably, or there may not have been united opinion on uh, does baptism put someone into the local church. Now, let me say this, while I may not see this, uh, I certainly believe the Bible teaches that baptism is essential before one can become a member of a local church. Baptism is the first act of obedience by the regenerated person. And so to answer the second part of the question concerning the relation between baptism and church membership, I can confidently affirm that baptism is an essential prerequisite to church membership, though perhaps not the automatic door that puts someone into church membership. As I said, uh, I, I'm not even sure that, in fact, I don't think actually that there's total uh, agreement even in our own membership. Um, uh, but here's what I would urge. I would urge forbearance on issues like this. And I'll say this, I can abide whatever decision the church, even that I'm not only that I'm a member of, but the church that I'm an elder of, I can abide the decision which they hold to. I do believe brethren uh, that there are hills that are worth dying on. And there are other hills that call for tolerance of different opinions. Uh, if I could only be content to be part of a church that sees every point the way I do, then I would be worshiping alone. And we know that that's, that's not good. So I reiterate, I hope I've answered the question. I personally believe there are probably instances in scripture where people were baptized who were not immediately joined to a specific local church. At least I'm not convinced that uh, that can be proved from scripture to my feeble mind. <laughs> I feebly, I, I freely confess I'm not as good at deductive logic as some of my highly esteemed brothers are. I'm certainly not as theologically learned as uh, many of my highly esteemed brothers are. So I give them much respect and I warrant that their views that may be different from mine are worthy of consideration. But I'm a simple man. I usually need a clear statement from scripture before I can be dogmatic or I need the scripture. I need the principles of scripture 
to be so clear that it is blatantly evident that a certain doctrine is true before I can say that it is true. Uh, Lee, tell us, tell us. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm with you by way of the, the latitude of allowing differences of opinion amongst brethren. And I'm certainly uh, with you by way of, of, uh, of uh, wanting to see something more clearly stated in scripture, but I'm not with you in this. You started with the second question first. I'll start with the first question first. So there's Good. our first point of Good. disagreement, Joe. And now, but now presumably when it speaks of not permitting into membership, uh, upon being baptized, uh, well, that's not saying we're, you know, we don't think you're suitable to, as a member, though we think you're suitable to baptize. Mm. Uh, and I'm, again, presumably thinking this is a, a waiting period yeah. before the person's being received so that, like, uh, upon their profession of faith, they're baptized, and then there's this uh, passing of time before being received into the membership uh, of the church. Now, in our case here in Bluefield, our, our practice is the person would uh, give their testimony, and uh, then we allow uh, a month for the, the congregation to come to the eldership with uh, questions. And if it's one who has not yet been baptized, well, we would then, uh, at that time, baptize them and, and then receive them into membership even that same day. Um, but, of course, this could raise the question, uh, why are they not baptized without delay, like the Ethiopian eunuch mm. or like yeah. the, the Philippian jailer and and uh, even uh, others there in, in Acts 16? And, and that's a very good question, but I'm happy to say that's a different subject from what we're considering yeah, yeah. now. So uh, we'll not address that one. Perhaps we can take that up uh, in the future. But it is this, though, that has given rise to that other question that we are considering, or actually it was the listener's question that then said, hey, this gives us opportunity to uh, discuss the relationship between baptism and membership. And obviously it's not the easiest matter to sort out because Scripture doesn't, clear, uh, it doesn't clearly state uh, the connection here, as you've indicated, Joe. And there are differences of opinion uh, on this uh, among brethren who are otherwise very, very like-minded. Yes. You know, you've got uh, brethren drawing inferences from one text or another when others just don't see it. The, the, the biblical data is handed, handled differently. And as you've indicated, Joe, in Acts, we do find cases of baptism with no connection to a local church. As much as we can tell, a, a church is at least had not yet been established in the, the case of the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, I would say, in a sense, that's so with the, the uh, earlier in Acts 8, the city of Samaria, where you had all these that uh, Philip was baptizing. Well, I guess you could say they're being baptized, but I can't think a church was actually established there at that time. Certainly when you come to Lydia and others there in Philippi, um, yeah, the church was later established, but they weren't baptized into a local church per se. There wasn't one. And therefore, these should probably be regarded as formative, not normative. That is to say, that was in that time, uh, but it's not the pattern for all time everywhere. Perhaps in a pioneering church work like Philippi or elsewhere, uh, but uh, is it a case that just anybody is to go around anywhere baptizing? Well, I, I think that we would all say, well, no, that, that doesn't no. fit the biblical model. 
to my mind, the text that comes the closest to drawing an obvious connection between baptism and church membership is that great commission there in Matthew uh, 28, especially verses 19 and, and 20. When our Lord said, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, well, we know where that is. That, that's the local church. So Acts 2, right away, a church is established. They're hearing the apostles' doctrine, and we've got the command not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, or the local church is described in 1 Timothy 3 as the pillar and ground of the truth, and many other texts to show that it's especially in the local church that uh, uh, disciples uh, are to be taught to observe all things that our Lord commanded. Well, right. in that great commission, baptism is connected to this teaching them to observe all things that uh, I have commanded. And therefore, I think in, it's going to be in that connection that is the local church. Uh, where normally that's where baptism will be, and there is going to be a connection that yeah. is under the authority of a, of a specific church of Christ and its elders. And uh, so Dr. Waldron uh, rightly states from Matthew 28 that it's wrong to baptize disciples and not instruct them afterwards. But rather, as he affirms in that same article that he'd written, those baptized must be required to enroll in Christ's school, that is, the local church. Mm. Now, further, it's recognized that there is at least some connection between baptism and the Lord's Supper. I mean, obviously, they're both ordinances that were appointed for us by our Lord, for all of the Lord's people. Okay, but, but where are these ordinances to be administered? Well, we can say that the supper is a, quote, church ordinance. Remember in 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen, when Paul is going to deal with the abuse of the Lord's Supper there, he begins by saying, when you come together as a church. Well, that really presupposes that those who were coming together to the supper were members of the church. And then when you look at the only two examples that we have in Acts of the Lord's Supper, Acts 2, uh, 42, and then Acts 20, verse 7, and Troas, in both cases, in these examples, it's as a church that they are partaking of this ordinance. So, okay, I feel very comfortable saying it. this is a church ordinance, when you come together as a church. Mm -hmm. Well, that being so, and now here's one of these inferences, it seems right to regard baptism in that same light. That is to say, under the authority of a local church, not just anybody anywhere going around yeah. dunking people. And certainly so when there is a local church that's established, that's in contrast now to a pioneering pioneering type work, which, by the way, should be happening under the auspices of a local church uh, elsewhere giving oversight. But again, Dr. Waldron says, a failure to see the connection between baptism and church membership is rooted in a failure to see that the local church is the only appointed visible expression of the universal church. Well, I would say amen to that. We do need to see the connection between the two. But having said that, I would not think to say it is being baptized into a local church. Yes, as you said, Joe, it's a prerequisite to joining a church, certainly so for us as, as Baptists, and mm -hmm. therefore it is 
under the authority of the local church. Yes. But it's not otherwise a means of joining that specific local church, at least to my mind, as if you're being baptized into that church. I've heard that language used. Yes, baptism, is, we know it's an initiatory rite. It's kind of like a pledge of allegiance. Mm -hmm. But Matthew 28, 19 is baptism into the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Or Romans 6, Galatians 3, it's baptized into Christ in much the same way that mm -hmm. Paul says the uh, Israelites, as they're going through the Red Sea and under the cloud, that they are baptized into Moses. Well, that means into union with him and following him. Boy, they've pledged themselves to follow Moses as they go through that Red Sea and beyond. And, and so to say that this means uh, into a specific church seems to go beyond any express warrant in Scripture. And uh, would that not mean then that you'd have to be baptized again when you go join another local church in the future if it's baptism mm -hmm. in that church? Well, uh, to give a quick summation, uh, certainly there is a connection. Baptism yeah. is in connection with the local church if there is a local church established. That means it's under the authority of that church and, and its elders, and therefore it is necessary to joining a, a local church. Yes. But it's not being baptized into a local church. Uh, at least that would be my understanding, and I gladly uh, say, as the Apostle Paul did in 1 Corinthians 13, 9, we know in part, and therefore I'm, I'm ready to be instructed. But that would be uh, my take on it. Uh, a very clear connection. Yes. But that's different from being baptized into the church. So, uh, Joe, Austin, uh, help me out here. I'm done. Maybe Austin can straighten us both out, Lee. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I'll wait to talk to you brothers about this off air. <laughs> no, I appreciate your brothers' uh, answers to this this question, which because of the differences and how to answer this uh, does present some challenges uh, yeah. to to this question. But we, I thank you guys for uh, being nuanced on this and uh, giving where you guys are coming from and uh, presenting your arguments with scripture. I thought that this was a really helpful uh, conversation to think about the relation between baptism and church membership. And I especially hope that it was helpful for our brother who submitted this yeah. question. So Amen. Um, thank you all for listening to this conversation on uh, baptism and church membership. We hope it was useful to you. If you have any questions, feel free to submit them to pastors inbox at cbtseminary.org. And until next time, grace and peace. God bless. I was just going to mention, uh, since you quoted Second London or 1689, that uh, one of the 14 questions originally authored by the Baptists in the Baptist Catechism that differs from the Westminster Shorter Catechism is, what is the duty of such who are rightly baptized? And the answer is, it is the duty of such who are rightly baptized to give up themselves to some particular and orderly church of Jesus Christ 
that they may walk in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And that question almost seems to imply that there might be some who are rightly baptized who need to follow through up on their duty to give up themselves to a church. Wow, interesting. Where where did you say that's from, Austin? It's the Baptist Catechism question 101. It's definitely at least worth showing that uh, there were some Baptists that were thinking through the issue because I think the chapter on baptism is intentionally trying not to be polemical so yeah. as to show ourselves in union with these Puritans in our document. But there are some places where we get more specific about this issue in our documents. And the Baptist Catechism is one of those examples.